122 and an 8. Terrific. Where the heck is 122 and an 8? You're standing on it, dude. Just slip it down here. Hey, this is a 10. The tab's 13. You're two minutes late, dude. Ah, come on. I couldn't find a place. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. I gotta get a new route. The geek came back and got oh, okay. me. All right, let's try it again. Most actors do one take. I do two. Four radically mutated turtles, dudes, <laughs> merge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. That's right. It's nostalgic November. And tonight, we're talking about the 90s classic Street Sharks starring Kelsey Grammer here on I Want to Believe. <laughs> I, I think you misunderstand. The street, the shark was on uh, Money Plane. No, that was an alligator. Never mind. I you was can gonna say Kelsey Grammer had a had a whole different thing. That's a whole. He did, and you can fuck it. Anyway, this right. I mean for for the right price, apparently. Ladies and gentlemen, it's welcome. Megalodon. Welcome to the theater. This is extras and epilogues. It is nostalgic November, and tonight we're actually talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. March 30th, 1990, one of my absolute favorite films of all time. And uh, it's not just one of my favorite films of all time. We have a special guest here tonight for the first time on Extras and Epilogues to talk about that. Uh, with me, of course, I have my co-host slash other host, Double H. Hey, Cowabunga dudes. Hey, Cowabunga to you too, my friend. And, <laughs> that sounded so insincere, tonight's special guest, <laughs> uh, former Big Shot Round Podzilla 1985, current host of nerdiest part of the ring which is the best wrestling podcast you can go listen to please check it out of course it is our old friend the five-star man himself asa gray radical i think we should also mention that he is a uh an arguably entertaining champion yes. and uh specifically because he argued in favor of the teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah but if i remember Two correctly one that was arguing against tanner which is like kicking a, a special needs puppy. Um, no, you couldn't Christ. just throw a bucket or raccoon in there somewhere. Come on, man. Wasn't Dalton also on his team? Yes. Yeah, it was Dalton yes, and was. Tanner and me and Cody. Oh, yes. that's a rough no, match. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, I kid. Was, uh, Jesse for a minute. I kid. I thought it was a very entertaining show. And uh, Dalton, Dalton Tanner. Arguably. Yeah, arguably was very entertaining. And you and uh, Cody and, and Tanner and, and Dalton, everybody deserves a round of applause. I missed that show. We should do it again. But tonight, this is Extras and Epilogues, where we talk about our favorite films. We break them down and we talk about what happens after the credits roll. Tonight is the first episode. No, it's not. Last week was the first episode for Nostalgic November. Lindsay was on right. talking about Willy Wonka. But I didn't know anything about that movie. I didn't care about that movie. I only cared about the Gene Wilder parts. And I said it on the show last week. This ain't new, baby. I said it last week that Gene Wilder made that movie for me. Well, you talk about a radically different one. Yeah. Ninja Turtles. I, I can't describe to you not just my obsession with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up um, with the cartoon and the comics and the toys. This movie specifically and its ties to Pizza Hut are some of my favorite childhood memories. So, okay, 
right to that did you because as i usually do i literally just finished watching the movie within the hour of us talking about this am i the only one who and granted it has been years since i've seen this movie didn't realize that pizza hut was the tie-in like it was always pizza hut pizza hut had all the offers even for the recent uh for mutant mayhem they had all the tie-ins but the pizza in the movie is all dominoes yeah that's weird yeah that's weird. All the pizza in the movie is Domino's. In the yeah. first one, in the <clears throat> second one, if I remember correctly, it's also Domino's. Okay. Like it's always Domino's. So, and we're not going to talk a lot about the second one until the very end, you know, when we talk about the epilogues. But speaking of the second one, I have sure. to mention, there is a scene in the second one, towards the beginning, when they're talking about how pizza has basically taken over the world. And there's a, a, a shot where this guy pulls a slice of pizza up, and it has so much cheese connecting it. That I always wanted that pizza, and I've yet to find it. I want that piece of pizza that when I pick it up, oh, it's ridiculous. That that pizza looks so. You gotta get out of the middle of the country for that shit. So good. Either go to New York, to the coast somewhere, or leave this country. It's not gonna happen. Well, wait till next year with the election. I might leave this country. We'll see what happens. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like real quick while while we're at it, I should point out the summary. So we we don't talk about this very often. This is a little behind the curtain. Yeah, I wasn't uh, prepared uh, for that. I hadn't read it yet, and I hate you for it. The summary, when I put together the notes for these shows, the summary is usually taken word for word from IMDb because it has a synopsis at the top of the page, and it's a good little one-sentence sum up of what's going on. Right. I went to pull this one. And I, this is the only one that I have ever altered on my own. I didn't write it completely, but I did alter it. And I'll tell you why. Because when you look up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 and IMDb and you go to their page, the summary starts, and I quote, Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. I'm sorry. That's like defining a word by using the word in its own definition. <laughs> you can't then call them that. So I went, well, what can I call them? Now, ironically, what ended up happening is I renamed them into one of their knockoffs from the 90s because I am pretty sure that my grandpa at least one time bought me an action figure that was the radically mutated turtle dudes. There's almost no chance that that didn't happen. I I like to think that we host this show with a little bit more tact and class than the other shows. And yet I could not get past the summary of four radically mutated turtle dudes. Turtle dudes, for whatever reason... (laughs) actually shattered me a even as bit. i wrote it i knew this was what was going to happen and i kind of just i didn't uh, really tell you not to read it because i knew you would so uh, i was just kind of hoping against hope that you wouldn't look that closely until we got here teenage mutant ninja turtles again 1990 absolute classic starring judith hogue crush that crush button i did not realize how young she was in this film um she was in her early 20s wasn't she when she when she did this if i remember correctly uh, i don't know she was she was extremely young because I always remember and this is unimportant completely, but I always preferred the April O'Neil from the second one and third one, Paige Turco. I always preferred her as April O'Neil to Judith Hogue. But going back and watching the original Ninja Turtles again and again and again, I actually really like Judith Hogue in that role. I think she is a fantastic April O'Neil. Um, we also have right. the. I'm gonna do some math for me real quick because she's 60 right now. And so this was in ninety. Born in sixty-three. She was born in sixty-three, seventy-three, eighty-three. So been like twenty-seven. Uh, I mean, no, she was in her late twenties. Yeah, yeah. by the time they filmed it, even yeah, probably in her mid-twenties by the right. time when they were filming. So yeah. time accurate. Yeah. Time accurate. That's about where April O'Neil would have been. Um, we also yeah. get the and Asa. I don't think you'll disagree with me on this. I hope you don't. Hands down, the best Casey Jones in the entire Ninja Turtles franchise, Elias Codius. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's really. Stephen Amell was fine. Um, With what he had, I like, yes. <laughs> I like the version of Casey Jones from the 2012 um, cartoon. 
but oh, that's also uh, with written. um who was that? It was uh I couldn't tell you. I'm on it. Hell, but he, I've but never he, seen that movie. But he's also know. like a teenager in that show. Yeah. As opposed to like a grown man in this. Uh and then like 80s cartoon Casey Jones is fun. I am probably going to end up with the action figure of him in the suit. Uh yeah. his disguise. <clears throat> Actually, I, don't, I think I might already have it. Do I have it? I don't know. I got too much shit. Um, but yeah, it's this is just the definitive version of Casey. I, Although, yeah, yeah. I, I and we're you said we're not going to talk a ton about the second movie. We're hardly ever going to bring this. Might be the only time we bring up the third movie. But <laughs> it wasn't until literally this year it broke your heart that I realized that Elias Codius not only plays Casey Jones, he comes back. Yeah, to play Casey Jones, but he plays. I'm blanking on the character's name, but the, he plays the guy in the past yeah. that April meets yeah. that betrays him. And when she, when, when that literally everyone who sees him from the present is like, "You look just like my friend." And I remember just being a kid and like even a adult being like, "Yeah, he does look like Casey Jones." <laughs> it turns out. So, so there's a guy named Mark Thompson who voiced Casey Jones. Uh, but today I learned as I looked this up. I'm trying to think of the one from Josh TMNT. Pat, that's Chris Evans. Yeah, that's it. Chris Evans. That's the one I was trying to think of. I knew it was a Chris. I had yeah. no idea that it was Chris Evans. Again, yeah. I, I Chris should, Evans I and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as uh, April. No kidding. Yeah. In the I, uh, TMNT. TMNT. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I uh, I loved Ninja Turtles as a kid. I was born in 85, so I grew up on the original cartoon. I remember watching this movie, and I definitely saw the two after it. Uh, but then, from that point on, all the way up to Mutant Mayhem this year, I have never seen any of those. So I've never seen the Michael Bay movies. I've never seen any of the Nickelodeon stuff. All of that just completely passed me by. So, so I kind of feel like I need to go back and do some some homework in the middle there somewhere. I would... Uh, the two th- So the 2003 cartoon that I think was Fox or WB... Fox Kids, um, yeah, it was, or whatever. It, it was a little bit... Not grown up, but it did have um, kind of an edge to it. Like, it was a little bit darker. Way like it was more than the, cartoon. the dinosaurs as the villains, mostly. I think that was later seasons, I think, if I remember no, correctly. I think, yeah, that, that might have been later seasons, but... Um, yeah. I vaguely seeing something about But that. it's like Batman animated series-style dark... So right. I mean, it's still very okay. much a kid's show, but it but yeah, it's solid. Um, the 2012, up until Mutant Mayhem came out this year, uh, it was fantastic. 2012 was my like, no, this is the best version of the Turtles we've ever gotten. I, and that's say that is someone who also grew up with the the 80s cartoon, grew up on these movies, right. like watched them religiously, wore out the tape for number three because I loved that one. Um, broke his heart i still remember re- turtle turtle con <laughs> so here's turtle the deal con. i rewatched like doesn't he wasn't I, there, I, he wasn't there. <laughs> I rewatched all three of them earlier this year and three is still bad but it's not as bad as i remember it being at turtle con would you so would maybe you now that i'm kind of you the- saw it after a long time, you were shell shocked, and now oh, finally you're able. God. to... <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. Y'all have a good night. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think my problem with three was mostly just the the puppets for the turtles themselves. I don't understand how they got so progressively worse from one to two to three. Because uh, I agree with you that the. 2012 Nickelodeon series was probably the best version of the Turtles. They actually felt like teenagers. They actually felt like you know younger characters. Um, but the oh, he's got the which wait who is that in the turtles oh, three yeah. box is that all four of them is it yeah. all of them oh nice 
in wow. all of their terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. They look bad. Terrible. They look bad. I have a giant samurai Leonardo over here around here somewhere. I got a box of turtle stuff, but I, I thought that the Nickelodeon series was the best representation of the turtles, but this is still my favorite turtle. Anything. Um, I know they were a little too big and they were a little too grown up at this one to be teenagers, but to me, this will always be the quintessential Ninja Turtles film. And it's probably nostalgia more than anything, but Hey, it is nostalgic November. And it's just a good movie. If you were like me and you grew up as a turtles fan of the cartoons, especially, cause that's what I think got everybody into turtles. The comic I've gone back and read it and it's good, but like the, the, the comic is probably not what got most people into Ninja Turtles. It was the eighties cartoon. Um, right. To, to go from the eighties cartoon and the silliness and the goofiness to the downright darkness of this film. I mean, Raphael says, damn, as a kid, hearing Raphael say "damn," Four times. it blew my mind. Um, it was violent. It, it, uh, April was all kinds of hot. Uh, it was weird, man. It was. It was a. This was me growing up. This movie basically forced my growth spurt at whatever age I eight years old. I suddenly became a man watching this film. It is. It is wild at the beginning of this movie to see and kind of know what's coming. Um, I forgot that they used kind of the, the the cartoon logo. They use the cartoon yeah. logo at the very beginning with the stylized art and all that. And I'm watching it going, oh, children, no. That's not what's coming. It's not for it's you. Not what you're about to get. It's not for well, you. It's, it's crazy to think about the... Because, like, it, it it is a much darker tone than the cartoon, obviously. But, like, watching it through the 2023 lens and then, like, going back and knowing the reaction that this movie got and, like how furious the studio was at certain points and like the stuff they had oh, yeah. to change for and, part two. Uh, yeah. And, and this, and the stuff that and I don't oh, like, so the scene where Tatsu is like super pissed off and beats the absolute dog shit out of the one dude. I just whoops him. Yeah. They, they had to go in after the movie was shot and add the sound of him heavy breathing and the, he's going to be okay line because Tatsu yeah. killed that dude. He was supposed to be dead. That's why he checks his pulse. It was supposed to be, okay, he's gone. Yeah, it's like yeah, Tatsu 100%. killed that guy. Which but I, it is kind I, of I funny. It's fantastic. But it's funny <laughs> because like watching stuff now, like if you're is even just like if if you stick within the superhero realms, like not even counting, you know, just John Wick and Terrifier and stuff like that. But like you look at stuff like The Boys or Gen V or even some Invincible. of the Marvel stuff that hits. Yeah. Um some of the DC movies specifically, like the the Snyderverse shit. It, and Easy. then to go back and be like, this movie is so dark, and this movie is so it was oh, so, but it's like man, times have real <laughs> times changed. Have changed. Yeah. Like go back and, and now time. that the Eastman and Laird are actually writing the turtles again, the last Ronin stuff, mm. like it's actually not my favorite thing because also it is dark. so just like gritty and dark, and it's like right. oh man, I get that they created it and they hate the '80s cartoon, but like that vibe fits so perfect. Yeah, yeah. Of just yeah. you know that tone is well, so perfect for I, the for the teenage mutant ninja turtles, which is an right. inherently yes. silly. Phrase. Think think of the title. How much serious do you, seriousness do you expect from a title called Teenage <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles? I think one of my favorite things really is as a, as a fan from a fan perspective, it, you kind of want to look at all the people who did all of those things and go, it can be two things. 
it can yeah. be two things. I really, I, I love, I, of course, I didn't grow up on the comics either, like Shannon said. I didn't, I, frankly, I don't think I even knew there was a comic until well after movies and cartoons and video games and toys and all of that. Uh, I was Same. like, there's a comic book? Uh, this is very serious. Um, <laughs> That's like when I saw Prime yeah, Prejudice and Zombies, and I'm like, like well, wait, kinda. there was a book <laughs> that this is based on? Wow. <laughs> um. But there's there's definitely some of the, the I hate to keep using the phrase dark and gritty, but like more serious stuff um, that I like. And then also, yeah, I remember, I mean, even when we went to watch Mutant Mayhem, which kind of weirdly strikes a pretty good line between those two, even though it's it's much more lighthearted overall. Um, we went and saw it at the Alamo and I told you guys, I, I, I sent you the picture where they were showing like the old Turtles cartoons. And I'm like, yeah, this is a totally different vibe, but it's also a vibe that I really like because, again, I grew up with it. It's nostalgic. It's comfortable. Yeah. Um, I could sit back here and eat a bowl of cereal and I would be totally satisfied. This is my Saturday morning. Like, let's go. I'm not going to defend my stance on Mutant Mayhem anymore. I've done it enough times. I'm I'm not going to get into it again. I like the film. I just didn't like it as much as everybody else. Um, this will sure. this this is my favorite Ninja Turtles movie because it, it's serious, but it's not too serious. I mean, good lord, Corey Feldman's in it. I didn't mention the other part of the cast there. Corey Feldman as Donatello was yeah. huge back in those days. Corey Feldman was on such oh, yeah. a kick, man. He was one of the biggest stars you could get, and to have him voicing Donatello, and it, it's one of those things that like of all the voices in that movie his voice as Donatello always stuck with me as like, this is how Donatello should sound from now on. And in, in the same way that captain Lou Albano is how I think of Mario. So it's like, Mario. yeah, Charles yeah. Martinet is fantastic, it's, but like, he's not captain Lou Albano. Sure. Yeah. It's wild as hell to me to Cause I remember reading the casting going, wait a minute, Corey Feldman was in this movie. Cause again, as a kid, I had no idea who that was. And the now one. I listen to it and there's no way I can't hear it as right. Corey Feldman. Like if I, if I had not looked at that cast listing and watched that movie, the moment he started speaking, I would have gone, that's Corey Feldman. That, that's a Corey. That's very clearly Corey, Corey Feldman. It's also one of, if not Sam Rockwell's first films. And a lot of people forget that he was in it yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it, I had no idea. That was another one new. Again, had I seen him, I would have gone, that's very clearly Sam Rockwell. But looking at the cast, I was like, oh, okay, that's uh, didn't know that. Good to it, know now. It was also my a favorite actor. It was also a bona fide hit. You're talking about 93 minutes of pure fun yeah. and action. Hunter, as we've said multiple times on the show, sweet spot, 93 minutes. That's in that right. sweet area. Right. Um, Where you want to be. 13.5 million budget versus a 202 million box office against certified hit. And I've said this before. Hunter threw it in there in the trivia because I didn't know exactly the cir- circumstance surrounding it, but I knew it was something. Uh, it was the highest grossing independent film of all time for nearly a decade before the Blair Witch Project in 1999. And since then, other ones I'm sure have taken that crown. We've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. But this yeah. this was the this was the superhero movie that like should have really never been made. Um, we we know now the Ninja Turtles is this huge you know um, multimedia superstar. It's it's god tier. But back in the day, it was kind of taking a chance on this weird film about mutant Ninja Turtles. Because, you know, kids were crazy about it, but how would it play with adults? Well, as Hunter pointed out in the reviews for it, critical reception was 42% positive. That's a 5.1 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes with a Metacritic score of 51, which is mixed or average. 2.5 stars out of four from Roger Ebert, who is someone we respect and, and look up to quite a bit here on the show, who said, quote, nowhere near as bad as it might have been and probably is the best possible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It supplies, in other words, more or less what Turtle fans will expect. And I agree and disagree on that because as a kid, this was not the Ninja Turtle movie I expected. I went into this from the cartoon. I wanted to see Bebop and Rocksteady and all the things like Asa, you said, Eastman and Laird hated. So 
instead what we got were ninjas and the plot by the way the plot of ninja turtles is ridiculous anyway this specific one very thin and very yeah. silly <laughs> shredder and his foot clan are in new york stealing tvs to train yes. ninjas to do something yes hey well, that's it. <laughs> real, real quick before before we get into the like too deep into the plot i want to point out that the the rotten tomatoes score for the critic score is 42 percent the audience score is 81 percent as it should so be like great. people yeah. people love this movie it's well, just maybe not the most critically dude we've acclaimed this, a, this acclaimed is film. this is something we've talked on the show many, many times specifically but these are just the critical reception ones. Right. Literally just what critics were saying. Uh, and yeah, audiences almost always are way higher. Right. And we've yeah. talked about this before, the disconnect between a professional critic and what the audience likes. Like you, like you said, more often than right. not, the audience is easier to please. They don't pick things apart like critics do. Um, I mean, we're seeing that now, even today with like the look at the five nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah. It yeah. was it, like, it was at like a 5% rotten critic, you know, critic score. But then the audience score was, again, like in the 80s or something. I'm pulling all of those numbers out of my butt, but I know there was a huge disparity <laughs> right. between and the, and also the, like the money it made because it it had a killer debut weekend. But you have to take into account it also debuted at the same time on Peacock. Right. So it had a streaming premiere day and date with the theater and people right. still went out and saw it. And it's so kind it's, of. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, like, it is kind of a it's a kind of a testament to just like what these franchises can mean to people, especially younger generations of people who are like, yeah, this is weird, but it's my thing. And the scores between critics and, you know, uh, moviegoers is usually like, like you said, it leans heavy into the moviegoers. Like they're the ones that are usually more forgiving, but then you have a movie like ghostbusters 2016, which was, you know, panned by a lot of the audience because it wasn't what they wanted, but critics liked it. It has a 74% on, on rotten tomatoes. Um, I think it's higher than Ghostbusters 2, if I remember correctly. Um, And I think it's somewhere near Ghostbusters Afterlife, unless Afterlife has climbed up, which is staggering because, again, I like that movie. This is one Hunter and I definitely disagree on. Um, But critics liked it and audiences hate it. But with this movie and a lot of movies like this, it's the exact opposite. Critics don't find the value in it, but audiences love it because they just want to see. This is the first Ninja Turtles movie that ever came out. This was a revelation for Ninja Turtles fans. This was like knowing you made it like, you know, we won. Yeah. We, we got our movie made to to your point about the you know you were expecting a, an animated movie basically you were expecting the cartoon a longer version of the cartoon i think and i don't know this specifically i haven't looked a lot into the making of this movie but i really wonder if that was ever on the table at all because at this point in time where today yes you get an animated super mario brothers movie we weren't getting a lot of that at, at that time going into the 90s you didn't really have dreamworks as a studio doing non-disney animated projects you had a couple of other things floating around if i remember correctly don blues company Bluth, i think was still making for sure at that time yeah um, yeah but it just it just wasn't a feature length turtles movie wasn't a thing because that's not how mm. they wrote those cartoons like you just weren't really seeing that right now i think absolutely you can get that to happen but at the time they're writing 20 minute advertisements for toys basically <laughs> and it worked um, and it so works, good. yeah. And I think there probably it still works, Asa. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, th- I think they're probably just my guess anyway, from a business standpoint, not necessarily even a creative one. Was there's no money to be made in sending them to the theater to buy toys? They're already doing it when we don't have to have a theatrical rollout. Yes, we can make a lot of money off of a movie, but if we're going to do that, let's do something even bigger and better and more bombastic. And so then you get Jim Henson and- puppets. 
And what's crazy about it is this movie, again, to go back to what I was talking about, of like, it's this how dark and, you know, serious and like, oh, people were mad about the tone of it. Playmates didn't make toys for this movie. Right. They right. didn't make toy. They didn't release their screen series or whatever they're called until the second movie came out. And the second movie had a drastically lighter tone. Right. No so crazy weapons. They couldn't even use their weapons. The right. That cold cuts and all that. Yeah. yeah, Mike, yeah. Michelangelo couldn't use his nunchucks because like they were banned in a bunch of different countries. And yeah, I, I don't think any of them could use their weapon. I specifically remember a part or maybe it was just poor writing, but where Leonardo, they're all in the ropes and they're like, oh, we're trapped. How do we get out of here? Leonardo has two swords on his back. And he well, never thought to, to that, cut those to things. Point, he also has two swords in this first movie, and he hits a lot of people with them and does not cut them. Well, no, <laughs> he knocks they're... a lot of people out with them. Because <clears throat> they're robots. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I missed that part. Damn. Uh, nope, they damn. were, uh, check damn. my notes, uh, teenagers. They were oh, children. Oh. <laughs> they were Children in costumes. Well, when you smack s- women in the face on the subway, when you say it uh-huh. like that, yeah, to to go over like some of the stuff that was in this film that like was shocking at that time, uh, slapping April in the subway. I remember as a kid going, "You can't, you can't, you can't slap April. What are you doing?" Um, I have a message for you. <laughs> smack. <laughs> what five fingers say to the face? Uh, Ra- Raphael getting re- the absolute dog shit beat out of him to the point that like, he's. Almost- a- Almost dead. Almost he, he's comatose killed. for a while. Yeah, and then Casey Jones as a whole. That in there. There's that little audio bit where, like, it's right before they start fighting, where they're like, "Is he?" Uh, April says, "Is he dead?" And he's like, "No, he's barely alive." And then they just start fighting ninjas. And I'm like, <laughs> "Then get him out of there!" I mean, what are they gonna do? The ninjas are just gonna let Die. him go. They gotta, they gotta fight their way out. Do you take um, him to a vet or a doctor? It's sorry. Yes. You, you sorry. put him in. A, you you, you dump have, have him. A consultation board. What you do is you dump him in a bathtub <laughs> in a place that hasn't had electricity in forty years in the most uncomfortable <laughs> position possible. Yeah, I'm not and convinced then, there was the actor will quietly scoop water on. <laughs> I'm convinced the actor wasn't in the suit. They just like dropped it in there and like just you know what it. that works. He's fine. Um. So you, I just want to bring up one thing because like going over the notes on the show, this isn't in there, but I think it's neat. Uh, talking about the foot ninja that slapped April, that is the man in the Donatello suit. Oh, is, is the okay. foot ninja that does that? So it's, all it's four, Raphael who's the only one who's the guy in the suit and the voice, right? Yes, but all four yeah. of the suit actors have cameos in the movie. Isn't one of them um, the guy okay. that helps April uh, when she's reporting? He's the one that like. Am, am I wrong on that? It's, I think like so. The um, yeah, uh, Donatello. Donatello is the foot ninja that slaps April. Uh, Michelangelo is the pizza delivery man at the beginning of the movie. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Leonardo is one of the random like thugs behind Tatsu in a shot. Uh, and then Raphael is the guy in the back of the taxi whenever uh, Raphael is in case you're doing that chase. Oh, yeah. He's like, did you see that? Yeah. yeah. You going to LaGuardia? So- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's they that's their little like they each get oh. a, a little cameo. So talking about uh you know with the toys and the shows and stuff like that, um put some respect on Tatsu, an original character created for this movie and legitimately one of my favorite characters in Ninja Turtles. They did nothing with him really, but like he had such a presence. Yeah. Um and and funny enough, he was in one game. Hey, so do you remember which game he's in? Turtles in Time. The Genesis the- version. Yeah, the uh, hyperstone, hyperstone, hyperstone heist. heist, right? 
Yeah, he's sorry. a boss in that game. It's the only time he ever appeared in a video game, which I think is a shame because I really Tatsu was was legitimately one of my favorite characters in the film. He was scary it's as hell. It's because they cannot get him to sign releases. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Neca has Neca has really? been desperate. Neca has been desperately trying to get him to agree to let them make a figure. Um, and I don't know. I can't remember. I'm I'm telling stories out of school here, but like. It's either that they he just doesn't have any interest in it, or they can't find him. <laughs> like this dude just I choose to believe the latter. Yes, and and so like yeah. they just they, he, like no one can get a hold of he him. He literally to... did ninja vanish. <laughs> smoked <laughs> out. <laughs> See if I can That's find that. Awesome. Because yeah, because they're That's they awesome. Because Neca is making figures from all three movies at this point. Um, including like i got the the set with the pizza delivery guy on the scooter i'm completely blanking on his name kino from the second movie kino kino, kino. thank you yeah like they've done kino there's a danny figure they've done they did uh, danny they, it was a oh, loot crate man. exclusive but yeah they did danny um human splint like uh oroko saki and uh yoshi uh Yoshi. Oh my god, I almost said Yoshitatsu. Oh my god. I thought yeah. the same yeah. thing because all in my brain was. Oh was my Yoshi. god. Um, but yeah, it's. But so, like, they would love to be able to do Tatsu. But he's just. Yeah. I know. He is, I know Dalton is listening to this right now. And I know Dalton just heard us talking about Yoshitatsu and got very excited. Keep it in your pants, Dalton. Um. <laughs> Uh, Hunter, really the thing that quick. Kills me about Tatsu real quick as a character is that had they had they been okay with just not having Shredder in the movie, he would have been a perfectly fine villain. He would have been the he, best he villain for part one. Yeah, and yeah, then he, bring Shredder yeah. in for part two. And then you know? Shredder in for part two. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if you've never seen the Michael Bay films, I will say this: they're not great. I, have not. I didn't like the first one. I thought the first one was okay. But I, if you want a better representation of the '80s cartoon. Honestly, part two out of the shadows is that uh, Krang is in it. Yeah. Bebop and Rocksteady are in it. It has a uh, Baxter Stockman is in it as Tyler or Tyler Perry, who does a great job as Baxter Stockman. I thought I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. Megan Fox is toned yeah. down a lot in her role as April O'Neil. Um, the only thing I didn't it's, like about it was Stephen Amell as Casey Jones because he wasn't Elias Codius. Like full stop. I just he right, didn't right. look it, like Casey yeah. in my head. It, it it wasn't anything he did that was bad. It was no, just he it was what he was given. He just literally just wasn't oh, Elias Codius. Right. right. The, if right. you if you go into the Michael Bay movies knowing that TMNT one is an April O'Neil movie that the turtles are in, and Out of the Shadows is a Ninja Turtles movie. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, you'll be fine. So here's the good news for all of that. As somebody who, again, admittedly watched the original three as a kid, saw Mutant Mayhem this year for our first time going to the Alamo Draft House, and has seen nothing in between, um, I activated a we had a, a week a free week trial for Paramount Plus through our Amazon account uh, to watch this movie. Uh, and then one of the things they made a point to tell me as it started, there's this big ad about the turtles are all here. Evidently, they have everything yeah. on Paramount yeah. Plus. Yeah. So uh, I guess I know what I'm doing this week. You will yeah. hate both of them. I know it. I yeah, know you I will. I, I you will say I also, I, I think the best that Shaden and I can hope for is, I mean, the second one was wasn't okay. terrible. It had its moments, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. when but he and like, I talk about Ghostbusters 2016. Every time he says anything <laughs> nice, I'm like, yes, yes. 
But the first movie, well, yeah, legit- the, the, night, the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first movie you legitimately may just be like, why would I ever watch the second one of these? It's yeah. but like I said, if you have the proper context and you know going in, yeah. this is not a Turtles movie. This is an April O'Neil movie. And then it's, maybe uh, it'll. And it's a, it's a, an insulting one too. Like, I've got my switch at like arm's reach, so if it just gets to where I'm like, oh, I out. gotta do something while I watch this, then I'll. <clears> do that. There, there's uh, a specific uh, the the two things I remember about the actually three things I remember about that Michael Bay, and then we'll get back to this Turtles film because is what we're talking about is the fact that uh, Splinter looked gross. He looked like a little wet rat, and I didn't like it. Like wet as in his skin was showing. He didn't have a lot of fur. I didn't I was like it. Say he's a wet rat in this movie. What yeah, I, I didn't care for it. Uh, two. April O'Neil, it's it's one of those things that April O'Neil is not just the focus of it, but it's a Michael Bay focus. So there's a part, and they showed it in the previews, and it's my it's my most hated scene maybe in all of Ninja Turtlesm, where I, uh, Vernon and I, I love the fact that they got Will Arnett to play Vernon. It is Will Arnett, right? I'm, I remember that correctly. I think so. That yeah, seems right. Yeah. So, so Will Arnett plays Vernon, which is great. You know, he's from the TV, the the cartoon. From the and, cartoon. Yeah. And they're driving, and April has her head out the window, and she's looking for something, and he's like, "Oh, Neil, what are you doing?" And then he looks over, and it's just a focus shot of her ass bent over in tight jeans. And I'm like, "Yeah, I forgot Michael Bay. Yeah, I thought she learned her lesson with fucking I mean, that's, Transformers, but that's literally how he introduced her in Transformers. So yes. yeah, that checks out." The third thing is that, and again, we'll get back to this, but this is one of my most interesting facts about it, is originally, so Shredder's in the film, but originally he was not in the film. Originally, um, I always, is it William Fitchner? Is that the guy's name? William Fitchner? Um, uh, uh, I don't know. He, I think so. He played a character in the film called Eric Sachs, and he was, it's a stupid name, but Eric Sachs, Oroku oh, okay. Saki, um, he was going to be Shredder. He he had like a mechanical suit that made him Shredder, and there was no Orokusaki in the film. But test audiences hated it so much they shoehorned Shredder into this thing, and made Eric Sachs like the secondary villain. And I always thought that was very very fascinating that they literally just shoehorned the Shredder into a Ninja Turtle movie. What a what a crazy concept there. Um, they also, as far as I know, they also the original plan is they weren't supposed to be mutants. They were aliens. Them to be aliens. Yep. Aliens. Yeah, I do remember hearing yep. that because this is back when I was in radio and I had that little segment in the morning where I talked about movie related stuff. I remember going on a, a fairly extensive rant about that, mm-hmm. and then at the end being like, "Now, importantly, I haven't seen any of this stuff since I was like 10. But, <laughs> but, but like, still. it's in the name of the movie. Like, yeah. Right. You're gonna call them teenage? Uh, well, because originally, weren't they just gonna call the film? Ninja Turtles? Then we're gonna call it Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. It was yeah, just Ninja Turtles. And Ninja before Turtles. you say this last thing, I'll throw this one more thing. Who played Leonardo? That's right, Johnny Knoxville. So weird. Yes. Uh, Sam Rockwell, because I've had it pulled up forever and I keep forgetting. I don't want to close the tab. This was his third movie. He'd done a couple of other things before that uh, on TV. He did two films. One called Clown House in '89. <laughs> that looks like a very low budget horror movie. <laughs> And then a super serious thing called Last Exit to Brooklyn. Um, but then Ninja Turtles is the first like big, you know, uh, became a star kind of feature film. So, right. which is go. crazy because he has literally a scene, one line. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's in it twice. No, 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 no. He no, has he has two lines line because he. Yeah. He's the one who introduces the kids when he's walking them through and they ask if they yeah. have cigarettes and he's like, you know, regular or menthol. And then at the end, he's the one who tells them to check. He tells the cops to check out the East Warehouse on Lairdman Island. Oh, mm-hmm. I what that's a reference to. Uh, what is your all right, so uh, what is your favorite part of this film? I'm, I'm curious because I, to me, this movie is it's iconic. I think my favorite part of it back then was the scene where they talk to the ghost of Splinter 
and it's this very emotional scene they all kind of come together now i don't much care for that scene because it's very hokey it's very, make any fucking oh, it's very cringy See, i i <laughs> like psychic or maybe he's dead but he's not is he in the force like what's going on exactly it's yeah i mean it makes as much sense Weird. as any of the star wars force ghost bullshit uh, <laughs> i have the force <laughs> and he has ninjutsu but sometimes yeah I see. I was gonna say like that's legit. Like now, that is my favorite part of the movie. Really? Of just like because it it shows their connection. Yeah. Like as a as a kid, and it, it it is it was the uh it's the scene where they're fighting in the antique shop when yes. it's all burning down around yes, them. Yes, I love like, that scene because that was awesome. I love the final fight scene uh, where they're just whooping. They're all together again, and they're just fucking up the foot like yeah big fan of that but legitimately now re-watching it um last night the the scene where leonardo like freaks out because he's like no no splinter's alive like yeah man we all believe it no shut the fuck up he is alive like i know it and then they like go in and just like oh i should have brought marshmallows <laughs> no shut up like this is a serious thing like because they play it so earnestly like they yeah, could have done it as like yeah, well yeah, but like yeah. I mean, just in general, like and then when well, the Robert's, movie does, okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, the movie the movie takes it very seriously. What is yes, very hokey and weird and makes no sense, but they do it with heart and like I respect yeah, the shit out fair. of that. And it is just like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, this is a father son dynamic. Which granted, media stuff with uh, father relationships is hit differently over the last few years for right, me. Right, right. But sure. it's yeah. but well, it is just like. Oh man, like I legitimately like I think it's I think they play their parts well. Um also shout out to Splinter because the one of the puppeteers and the voice actor for Splinter is the original Elmo. Kevin Clash, right? Oh, I didn't know I, that. Clash is the last name, but I can't remember I don't remember his first name. Um but yeah. yeah, he like he does that super well. The scene where he talks to Danny whenever That's a great like scene. Danny kind of like yeah. tries to sneak around, he's like uh hey sometimes listening you know just talking will help and i got an ear well i'm missing an ear but like you know what i mean (laughs) this uh this is also my favorite version of splinter hands down i think and i'll say it i'll say it now i i hated i hated splinter and mutant mayhem i hated it his obsession with milking i get it was comedy but like i thought that i thought that was such a bad portrayal of the splinter character but that's coming from a guy that liked this splinter so it's completely subjective and i will never tell anyone they're wrong if they like that splinter more to me personally this was the best he was stoic he was um he was honorable he had that like ancient kind of japanese samurai feel in a way and to me that will always be splinter and plus the puppet itself looked amazing Splinter's puppet looked incredible in the first film. It looked good in the second one because it was mostly the same. And by the third one, it was a fucking clown show that belonged in Clown House starring <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Sam <laughs> Rockwell, 1989. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, the, the Jim Henson, which again, Jim Henson Productions, very upset right, with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Like, they didn't yeah. think it was going to be like Maybe this, Maybe that's but they why the suit started looking worse because they're like, no, we're no, going to work that We're just going to make you look dumb as hell. Yeah. You, you fix yeah. them. Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, what was your what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, all right, I'm I'm split because number one, I, I we cannot pass up this section without talking about you know you got to know what a crumpet is before you can play cricket <laughs> well, like that. Just the whole interaction uh-huh. of the two of them. 
uh, meeting for the first time, the real introduction to Casey Jones, Raph not really knowing what he's dealing with, just like, that's that's not how we deal with these people. You don't kill them, or you don't you know, mm. go extra violent on them. Just get out of here. Um, <clears throat> I love that. That's my second favorite also... confrontation scene, by the way, in Ninja Turtles history. Number one being <laughs> Raphael versus Leonardo in TMNT, when Leonardo doesn't know that Raph is this uh what was his name like dark avenger or, yeah yeah fantastic scene but this one the yeah. raf the raf casey jones dynamic and, and by the way i'll say this really quick before i throw it back to you but if i don't get it out now i'll forget it when i was a kid i watched this movie because i was a ninja turtles fan and i wanted to see the ninja turtles specifically Leonardo because he's my favorite but now as an adult watching it again my favorite character is is casey jones elias cody is choose the scenery as casey jones and he is so much fun to watch hunter go ahead um, I, I also really like it. It's so hokey. Uh, I really, really like the first time that Splinter's trying to talk to him and Michelangelo's just in the background, like, all right, I want a large, and like, and they just start like dancing and acting stupid. And like Splinter literally just goes, ah, kids <laughs> like that. I need, I needed a little bit of that because it's so easy to forget again, the teenage part of this whole thing. Cause they're so big. Um, they're, they're so big. They're, I mean, they're, not, they're not they're nearly not, as big as I thought they were. Oh, and they're not as they big are, as the fucking Michael Bay ones, which were basically just giant yeah, ogres. Well, yeah, I, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of the Michael Bay designs just in general, but yeah, they are way bigger. And also there's no real context for like that's one of the things that Mutant Mayhem did so well, is like, no, they are very much teenagers. We have a right. specific age range. We they are right. talking about high school and stuff. Whereas right. there is no context. You have no idea for how, how old they are. They Nope. outside of just kind of those childish moments where <laughs> you can see teen like a group of teenagers just like fucking around in the background um, that was very much an I, 80s I know, dance yeah, it was right i was gonna say i know it, it very much is a movie that came out in the 90s which means it's referenced by the 80s but again you don't have a frame of reference for their age and yet when michelangelo does uh impersonations it's you know rocky and james Humphrey bogart and, like, yeah yeah <laughs> you dirty rat um, i do i do I do also love that scene when they're first just hanging out with April. It's a little like watching it now is a little like, boy, she's very accepting of all of this. Um, but like just the genuine like laughter among all of them. And then her being like, are you guys going to come back? And they're like, oh, it depends on how fast you restock your fridge. You know, doesn't, um, uh, doesn't fun. she also it's just a fun little scene. at one part, she says something like even the rat talks or something like, uh, yeah. I, it was a joke. She's, and like, she's so good in this movie. I, and I love that she has embraced she's the fandom. Not, but it's nice of you to say so. Did you not like her in this? I loved her in this. But, yeah, you're crazy. I, I think I think she's she, she's good enough, but you're you're making it you're giving her a lot of credit. Uh there's a lot of line delivery that I really thought was like, oh, that's awkward and kind of stilted. When she goes in to say after Raph falls through right before that, that fight in the antique store, and she goes in to say, like, is he okay? either someone doesn't cut her off on time or what or something but she goes is he like she's like waiting for the please please cut me off here on this part of this All right, line so um, oh, see, i always heard it as like she didn't want to say dead right like is I, he i would love to believe that but she doesn't really trail off i don't know it doesn't sound right to me it sounds like it's one of those like we missed a cue and something went off i don't really. hunter and i can't agree on anything without finding one thing <laughs> to disagree on um well so no, did, i think she's i think she's fine but i, I don't did, did you like Paige turco like... better as april oh what uh, did, did you uh, she was the one in two and third in two and three movies. yeah she was the uh she was the other oh, april man, i don't know 
I couldn't tell you. Don't again, remember. I, again, I watched those two movies as a, or those three movies as a kid a lot. But I watching the first one tonight is legitimately the first time in. I'm gonna say at least 20 years. I mean, it, oh, it has wow. probably been since before I went into college that I, um, that I saw this movie, or maybe my first year in college. I know there's no way I've seen two or three since then. Ninja Sarah Turtles. Never seen any of them, uh, and that, oh, wow. by the way, remains the case because she. Well, I mean, she she is two years younger than me, right? Uh, and didn't didn't care anything about Ninja Turtles as a kid. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say she. And you still marry her? It's good. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. she she loved Mutant Mayhem. She thought it was very cute. Okay, she enjoyed it a lot. She thought it was great. Um, <laughs> she was going to see the first one tonight, but she was so tired from like she had a rough sleep night last night uh, that she slept through the entire thing. I turned oh. it on because I knew I was running out of time, and I thought, "Oh, she'll wake up, and I'll kind of catch her up." Nope, credits were rolling. Still, just out. This, on, uh, get her to eat supper. So. This is this is my comfort movie. Legit, this is my comfort. You know, everyone has like a comfort movie they watch when they're down or depressed. Sure. Yeah. Whenever I just want to watch something in the background and I want to be entertained, it's Tombstone. But when I'm sad, it's TMNT. When I had my big breakup a couple years ago, the first movie, Lindsay knew she put TMNT and Ninja Turtles on, and we watched it that night uh, because this yeah. movie just makes me feel good. Th- this movie, it just makes me feel good. It hits all the right points. It hits all the right s- spots. That I don't really like that I described it that way, but. this this movie i could watch a million times i never put it on my top list of like oh this is one of my favorite films of all time because it's ninja turtles it's like you don't have to say it but it but it is it's a movie i could watch over and over again like ghostbusters like tombstone like an american werewolf in london and i never get sick of it and that's that's my turtle talk thanks for coming it's so good (laughs) i love it. It, it it is it's childhood personified like ninja turtles is one of the first things i remember loving as a kid, like my the first birthday yeah. party I remember having was like maybe first or second grade. And it was a Ninja Turtle cartoon cake. Yeah, like it, it is one of the first things that I and I, it, it's just it's always I've never outgrown it. You know, I watched the different variations going up. I rewatch this movie at least once a year. Yeah, same. Um, the first specifically the first one, like. Two is good. As a kid, three as bad. a kid. As a kid, I never had the second one on tape. So, but I had the first one and then I had the third one. So I would watch both of those. Like, so those are the two that I've seen the most. It wasn't until I got older, like college age, that I realized, oh, wait, I can watch. I found like a DVD three pack that had the second one in it. So I finally like went back and rewatched it for the first time in years. And yeah, it's it, but it just it it hits different because I didn't grow up with it necessarily. Right. But yeah, the Turtles as a franchise is so great. The only, the biggest problem that I have with it now that I'm older and like there's so many other versions of the Turtles out there, is every other version of the Turtles, their roles are very defined. Mike Leonardo's the leader. Raph's Donatello the does head. machines. Raph's the hothead. Mikey yeah. is the party dude. You don't get though that really at all in the live action movies. They all Definitely are kind not of with Donatello. Donatello is the like one that's furthest away. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because Michelangelo, yeah, only- he still acts silly and he loves pizza. There's a scene in part one I think that really defines Raph and has always defined Raph for me. And it's when you know Splinter's trying to console him because he lost his sigh, and Raph just mm-hmm. pushes Leonardo out of the way. He has that teenager like grumpiness. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't storm off well, to his room have- and shut the door. The two of them have that argument too. The one where Donatello and Mikey go, you know, kitchen, kitchen, yeah. food, food, like our argument or like fight, fight, fight something fight. like that. Mm. Um, 
and and that's like at that point in time raf is the one who specifically says like to leo oh you want to be a leader this is how you want to lead so mm-hmm. I, they no. give some lip service to it there's and there's a little bit of it but it's not nearly as it's, defined as like no, it's not over yeah like even not donatello had like april when she's like journaling in the farmhouse she's like donatello made a fast friend and it cuts to him helping casey fix up the truck Right. So it's yeah. like that's that little yeah. kind of nod of just thing. like, yeah. oh, he's right. you know he's, he's he's working on stuff. Yeah, as as opposed to the Michael sure. Bay films where Donatello literally, and I think almost every iteration of him afterwards has like glasses and they're broken in the middle and they're taped up. Um, mm-hmm. They portray him as the stereotypical nerd in everything since. Um, and Leonardo is always kind of the stuck up leader. Raphael is always the badass who fights better than everybody, and Michelangelo is the one that is he's definitely like in fifth grade but he should be in ninth grade goofy immature <laughs> yeah he's the he's one that dude. he's got tiktok on repeat all day every day he's he he has 14 <laughs> hours on his phone but what they don't know is he has two phones anywho <laughs> he keeps them going <laughs> so before we get to the ending here i think we've talked about our love just about enough but let's give the movie the review ace of the way we do it on the show is two thumbs up you love it one thumb up you like it one up one down you're neutral one down you didn't like it but you could see some merit two you hated it only one film has ever gotten all thumbs down across the board and that film was dog soldiers which is ironic because it's a movie <laughs> we all loved growing up and turned on we when we had to watch it loved. yeah we thought yeah. we loved it it was we your tur- it was your turtles three. It was turtles three for us, one hundred percent. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. For me on this film, I know it's. I, I know I didn't even give it to an American Werewolf in London. I'm very, uh, I'm very cautious with this, but if this is Ninja Turtles, and I can't not do it. Two thumbs up for me. This one is, like I said, it's my comfort movie. It it, it made me love Ninja Turtles even more than the cartoon did. Uh, it started my obsession. So that is mine. Two thumbs up all the way. Hunter, what about you? You don't want to go to me next. Go to Asa. Oh no, he does no, dude, this. Go to, we're gonna it's we're gonna do the compliment sandwich. So you go you go now. <laughs> you you All go right. now. Um, it's straight down the middle for me. It's one, one up, up one, one down. As as good as I can go here. I really really wanted to give this a single thumb. Uh, I knew it was never gonna be two up for me. Now here's the thing. I also had that level of of connection as a kid. This is really the first thing I remember loving too. Raphael was my favorite. I, I uh, the color red was my favorite color, so it was great. Those two things worked out very well for me. Um and then I slowly added Ghostbusters and a bunch of other things to that. Um and I really did love this stuff as a kid and I remember enjoying this movie, but I just don't think I saw it as many times as I thought I did maybe as, as a, a kid. Watching it now, I remember the plot beats. I remember the things that happened. I also um am reminded that it's just not it's just not a great movie if i take fully the nostalgia away from it it is not a great movie it has a lot of very wonky plot elements um the the creature design is great i'll give him that but one thing that we didn't really highlight here that i wanted to point out earlier yeah it's henson i mean of course it's going to be right uh steve barron is the guy who directed this steve barron is not known for directing films at all i didn't know who music videos i didn't know who directed this till you put it there yeah, yeah. So he's known for directing music videos, and to be fair, some fairly high-profile music videos. Uh, Billy Jean for Michael Jackson. He did Brian Adams' Summer of '69 and a couple others for him, uh, and the, the list goes on. Those were kind of the the biggest ones. Knowing that now and looking at it, the film looks great in that way. There are so many times I'm watching it, I'm going, "This is like a music video beat." Anytime that they went to those little Super Eight filmed bits of the the old uh, before they were all mutated and, and changed. Uh, when, when Splinter is recounting stuff to, to Danny and all that, um, 
the lights go down behind him and they're all kind of bathed in darkness. I'm like, that's such a music video move. So that's a really interesting to me way of doing it. And I think it worked in that sense, but it also, because the guy who did that directed the movie as a whole, it feels like to me, a series of kind of disjointed music videos in that way. Um, it's almost a spot fest of a movie. There are ups, there are downs. There are times where I'm really kind of like, yes, let's watch and see what's going on. And there are definitely times where I thought, there's really just not enough connective tissue between these things to keep me just wanting to know where this came from and what's going on next. I understand that it's a movie that's mainly geared toward kids, even though again, it is very dark. Um, but kids I said this about up. the super Mario brothers movie. And I, I will say it again here. You still have to have uh, uh, to me, the story comes first. It's the, the medium that drives what's good about it. Not the, the, um, subject that you put over the medium and film is driven by story and the story is lackluster to me it's okay uh i i understand that most of the people coming in this movie are coming in with enough context and enough understanding of what these characters are and who they are and where they came from that they don't need to go over that obsessively but seeing it now again I, i needed more um it's not that i would ever watch it again by any stretch, I will definitely end up watching it again at some point, but it's it's not that comfort movie for me, not the way that, that you described it. And I think as a film, it is... If I could give you something in between a single thumb up and one up, one down, that's probably closer to where I land, a little nicer. Um, but I, I really can't bring myself to give it a full single thumbs up and not put some, some negative to it there as well. Uneven performances, the story's not great, but it looks it looks good. Uh, and there's there's a lot there for fans, so that's where I'm at. If I'd known he was going to go so long, I would have expanded on my <laughs> thoughts more. I thought this was going to be a simple <laughs> thumbs up from everybody. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you really loved it, and typically I when did. you're on one but, far end of a spectrum, but, one way or another, you it goes a little less. But I, I you know, I didn't. Uh, I, I I would have also mentioned that it wasn't perfect. There were things that I had issues with too. I mean, I, every movie. I can't think of a single movie where I don't go, there's something that I didn't like about it. Even like, you know, sure. we talked about Ghostbusters, the ghost BJ scene. I hated, I thought it was stupid out of context. Yeah, absolutely. T- Tombstone where Kurt Russell goes, no, in the river. It's silly. Why would you leave that in there? That bothers um, you so much. So much. I hate the last 15 minutes. Of I know. That movie. I, I know. give a crap about that. Yell, but it's, the, um, it's when the movie ends on a, let's go to the love story. And everyone goes, well, I don't give a shit about that. Everybody's Not dead. The movie's over. Yeah. Right. Uh, but with this movie, I think if there was anything that I didn't like about this film, it was, um, no, no, I can't. Th- I'm being legit. I can't think of it. Nothing's coming to my head that okay. I'm like, oh, I really hated I, I this. Don't, uh, I don't want to be contentious about it, but you're going to tell me that you, you follow this story and you go, yes, all of that makes sense. You said it yourself no, earlier. Shredder's I, plan is to do what? Exactly? Okay. I, I guess the plot, but like, I, <laughs> I, I also, I never cared about the plot because I came from the cartoon and the cartoon also had a razor thin plot, this, you know? Um, again, this I give is it the a exact pass. same discussion yeah. that we didn't we didn't do it on the show, but this is the same discussion you and I had about the new the most recent Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, sometimes you can overcome. Right. Some people, I, I feel like I'm just not that kind of person, but some people right. uh, in some situations can overcome a hey, this isn't very good. It's just a thing that I really love that I just love seeing it, and there it is. That, and I that can't was do it. it again yeah. for me. The medium drives the the. Likeability, you and know, for me, a film the medium is storytelling. I need a good story. What's crazy? What's crazy before we go to Asa with his? And I, I've thought about this over time. I love the Mario Brothers film because of what it is that we've talked about, but 
the live action Mario Brothers film was more interesting to me. It had a better, it didn't have a better storyline yes. because the storyline was garbage. Because it has a story. But it was, yeah, it, it had a plot and it was, it was a different it take. Has something to say. Put some respect yeah. on Bob Hoskins' name. Asa, what about you? What, the, what, uh, uh, hang on real quick. It was in my, it was in my uh, notes here and I wanted to mention it since oh, you brought yeah, it up again yeah. for the second time now. If the if you're watching this movie Ninja Turtles '90 and uh, the Foot Clan hideout looks familiar, it is the same abandoned cement factory that was Dino Hatton in the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. Like what five years later, mm-hmm. um, and then it's also uh, in the Crow. It's Top Dollar's nightclub in the Crow. Apparently, they use that for a bunch of filming scenes. I, I want to say it was located in Jersey somewhere, um, and they they filmed a lot of stuff there at that time. Three of legitimately anyway. three films that defined my childhood. For better or worse, Ninja Turtles, Mario, and the Crow. Like, no joke. Those three there films. That was a trifecta. Yeah. Asa, what about you? Oh, this is two thumbs up. Uh, Finally, I, someone with some sense is talking. <laughs> I, like, if, you're, if, you try, if you pick apart any movie, like, with an objective lens, you're going to find stuff that sticks out. Except for maybe John Wick. That movie's perfect. Uh, no. But, like... If you know, so like, yeah, you could say like, oh, well, what was Shredder's plan? His plan was to recruit to build an army and steal a bunch of shit. And like give teenagers an awesome base so he can lure him into a fucking cult. And that's bad. <laughs> I so think we you, need our heroes to stop him from doing that. I think you like, explained that better than the movie did. I was going to say, I mean, that's a good I? explanation. Like, if only the screenwriters had well, put that the, much effort. Into the, that. the cult thing. Like I never thought of that angle before that he, and that's absolutely true. He right, is, they all say that. Right. But he's absolutely, this is a cult. It's, this is less of a top secret ninja organization. And this is more of like a sect. That's a good but point. But I also don't necessarily want movies to like put a big neon sign of just like bad oh, guy cult bad I don't need like that. that's no. yeah. that's insulting to like, watch it like the when, when, when movies a, do that at a certain point we're talking about shouldn't they do some of the lifting i don't want them to do the heavy lifting but i think they should do more of the lifting than they did that's what i'm saying I, but again like you're see you're seeing them commit a bunch of crimes and be like loyal to this dude who immediately becomes abusive and terrifying when he gets bad news like I don't, I, I don't, it's just one of those things like you have to, we have to agree to disagree because it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's what we do on the show. I don't, yeah. I just don't yeah. like, it seems very clear to me that like, yes, this is what's going on. Does he have like some grandmaster like, oh, I want to take over New York or I, you know, there's maybe the stakes are low, but I mean, we know this, there, there is a story. He has a plan. He just doesn't do a big villain monologue where he ah, now that I have Sam Rockwell offering the teenagers cigarettes, I can control the flow okay. of commerce. Like, no, what, I, don't I don't know what... I don't give a shit. I would pay to have that line of the film. Now that I have <laughs> Sam Rockwell <laughs> giving teenagers cigarettes. You, um, you get them to recast it, and I'll move that thumb right back right up, back buddy. Up, right back you up. get them to redo that line right now. Only I want current age Sam Rockwell where he's like 50. Something. Oh, yeah. Is he on cameo? Is he on cameo? How do we make this happen? <laughs> I, but no, I, I, I do think like if you look at a movie with like an objective lens, like yeah, there's gonna be flaws, there's gonna be plot issues, there's gonna be lines that stick out that are just like okay, yeah, that was a choice. Uh, the scene in the farmhouse where you can see the actor in the suit's mouth through the mouth. Oh God, I never noticed that. Like I never noticed that till this year, and now I can't unsee it ever. Like so, like so, you're gonna see stuff like that, but like 
as a but looking at it just throughly through the fucking fanboy lens that I am, this is a this is a ten out of ten. This is two thumbs up. I adore this movie. Best Ninja it's Turtle so film. much fun. There's legitimately there's there's hilarious moments. There are kind of scary moments. There are heartwarming moments. It's like it is just I adore the movie. You know, and granted, yes, it's ta- it's that hand is that that it's very weighted by nostalgia, and it is yeah. a franchise that I love more than the majority of. It's like Ninja Turtles, wrestling, Batman. Like those are the big like that. That's my holy trinity, right. essentially. And it's just, I, it's, it's so much fun. It has heart. Like, yeah, there's stuff that they could have done better. Yeah. There's stuff that, you know, uh, isn't perfect, but I'm not saying this movie's perfect. I'm saying I love this movie. It's one of those, it's, it's one of those scenarios where it's like, okay, well, yeah, you can have a, you can have a six out of 10 that you love like a 10 out of 10. And that's very much what what this is. Um, normally, This is the part of the show where we talk about what happens after the credits. That's part of the show here. The ending, of course. And actually, the ending was one of the things I hated growing up because Shredder Shredder beat the shit out of all the turtles. And yeah, yes. he was so good at it. And he was so smooth. And and probably, I think, one of the cringiest lines on the movie when he says, you know, together you might have stood a chance. But, like, thanks for spelling that out for me. Thanks for rubbing that salt in the wound there, buddy. Way to be right. a dick when the turtles are down. Um but I always hated the way that once he saw Splinter, he just charged at him. No thought for safety of his own. And Splinter so easily just flipped him around and like whooped his ass. But well, you know, you know why they did that, right? It's on site. They really wanted to get that tracking shot. of him. Like, and it was a good shot. The- that was a good, like you said, dude, dude was a, was a music video director. He had some great shots in this film and that right. was one of them. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, I always hated it. Cause I'm like, why would this ultra badass? all for this so hard and then i thought well he hated splinter that much he was blinded by rage and it kind of makes sense splinter did scratch him once as a rat and that you yeah, know I mean, it uh, scarred him for it, it scarred the scarred shit him out of him. life and then they ruined shredder in the next movie because he got beat by a music wave and then he turned into kevin nash and killed himself by <laughs> destroying the docks yep yikes i, I was, I was going to make well, a joke of like well don't worry context. in the next <laughs> that's the most hilarious way to explain anything Thank he you. got beat by a music wave <laughs> and he turned, he turned into kevin into nash, kevin nash. Yeah. <laughs> anyway it i was gonna say like well don't worry in the second movie they finally learned to work together and let him just destroy beams yeah. and, and then and then just it collapses on himself boy um, that next movie i love it but good god between Toka and Rezar and Babies. oh god mm-hmm. and, the, and the motherfucker Shredder got alright in the ending of this film and what I thought was a fantastic but really fucking violent bloody ending when he falls in the trash compactor and Casey turns it on I remember as a kid what? asking my mom what happened to Shredder because I didn't know how trash compactors worked <laughs> and my mom lied to me she told me he was fine that's not how trash compactors work I mean he was though he was like, fine. because yeah. it, because was. because in two somehow Shredder has returned like that's the that's the level oh. of explanation of what happens oh. to Shredder uh speaking of that trash compactor do you know who drives the trash tr- that trash truck no Kevin Eastman nice really nice that's yep. cool. 
Uh, I also don't I, think we uh, need to do the epilogues part of the show because again, oh, I think we should. I think we should because I put work into mine. Ace is prepared. Yeah, oh, okay. he's ready. Well, I, I will, that's what I thought the majority of the show was about. This that that that's what I thought the majority of the show was going to be was talking about those. So. No, no, no. We 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 set the movie oh, up. Happening? Yeah, it, it, we have a pattern. We talk about the film a little bit. We talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. We give our thumbs up, thumbs down. Then we go to the epilogue section. Now, normally, this is based on films that usually only have one film like evil dead rise. We talked about well, what happens to these characters after credits. Um, even like Willy Wonka, it was a good example. This one's a little harder to do because not only is there so much Ninja Turtle lore, but they did make two sequels to this film. One, which was good. And one, which was the worst thing ever. And, <laughs> and it was Hold also on. not called turtles in time. I don't give a shit what anyone no. tells you. It wasn't originally, they changed the name. They legit changed the name to Turtles in Time after the game and after the fact. It's called Turtles in Time now. It actually is. It was never called that. It was called Ninja Turtles 3. Do not mess with me. Not, Don't. In, the, not in the universe you came from, it wasn't. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bernstein Bears, not Steen. <laughs> Ace is looking it up. I'm kind of curious what he finds there because I I have seen it labeled as I mean, Turtles in Time on the DVD. Like I mean, when they have I it at Target. Ninja Turtles three. Like I'm not seeing a thing about. Turtles oh my god! Am I yeah. wrong? I did. I you, did. I really dream this up. Yeah, because even on Paramount Plus, it's just listed as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. The the poster on Wikipedia has a tagline under the logo that says the Turtles are back. Dot 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 in time. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. And I know people people call it Turtles in Time all okay. like regularly. So but, right, but, right. It, but I don't think the movie has ever been called that. I found it. Here is I'm putting in the text only. This is one of the new covers for the film that they've put out. This is uh like they redid the cover and they put Turtles in Time as the subtitle. You just photoshopped. Oh that. my god. Please, please get rid of it because I just don't want to look at it. It looks so bad. <laughs> Leonardo's eyes and Raphael's face. Raphael's Mike, everything. Michelangelo, <laughs> Michelangelo hit the bong three seconds before they took that picture. I just saw Michelangelo. <laughs> that he looks. <laughs> Actually, he just watched the movie and he knows exactly <laughs> what's about to happen. Yeah, I'm deleting that because it's breaking my heart. Oh, okay, that's good because I kept the picture of Michelangelo. <laughs> <can't>. in there. <laughs> well, because this is the that's the what's on Paramount Plus is just the regular. So it doesn't even say Turtles in Time, and that's yeah, it doesn't oh say it on there. I feel what like kind of Mandela effect garbage is this. I've got to go find this. I've got to go find a copy of this in the wild and buy it now before like you know before I go I crazy. Think I have I've the, gone insane. I think I have. I think I have the three pack in my bedroom. I've gone insane. Okay. All right. This is the last one. God damn it. And then we're going to go to Asa and talk about it. This is from eBay. This is a legit copy someone took a picture of. So I know mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Load. There. Yeah. That is that is a there picture is. Yeah. someone took. So huh. I'm not crazy. They did relabel it Turtles in Time after the fact. Because I got in that so argument weird. so many times with people. They would tell me it's called Turtles in Time. And I would say, no, it's not. It's just Turtles 3. You're thinking of the Super Nintendo game. Right. And now they're right. Fucking assholes. Asa. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us your epilogue uh, because I am curious. So I have two, um, essentially one because this is a direct. There is a direct sequel. Um, I have something that kind of explains away some of the stuff. Where in in between one and two to explain why they're not in the movie, uh, Danny or Dan, 
as he wants to be called. It's Dan now. Yeah. It's Dan now, Dad. Um, Dan. Dan and Casey Jones aren't in the movie because they are working together to help all of the leftover Foot Clan kids. Who, like rehabilitate. Who don't have who don't have because that's one of the things that Shredder points out, which also like classic cult leader thing. Yeah. They don't have anybody else. They don't have family. They don't have you know, they are probably gonna be like homeless and shit. So it's them trying to help them and also keep them from rejoining up with the foot now that it has you know come back out of the shadows has reformed split uh shredder is back like no do you not under like he killed dude like we lied and said no yeah he's fine don't worry about it he's he's good um so i also just like that idea of like casey trying to it seems like some case yeah exactly yeah yeah. Um, and then in the meantime, so that the, the random goons that they fight in the beginning in the meat shop where they meet Kano, um, goons. Uh, it's so in between one and two, now that the foot clan has kind of fallen off, that leaves a power vacuum for these other gangs and, you know, ne'er do wells of New York city, purple dragons, um, including the gang that is in the opening that we beat, which is, or that, that they, you know, beat with various meats and oddities, yeah. uh, the purple dragon, Combat yeah. Um, so that would be like what would be in between one and two since there is a direct sequel. Now, let's say we branch off of the timeline completely where we don't, instead of going into the TMNT 2 that we have, uh, we go into a different sequel. And you're going to hate this, but I think it's neat. Um, Me or Hunter? It turns, yes. Uh, it turns <laughs> out that TGRI did not create the ooze. It's not a byproduct of whatever it is that they made that just happened to create this mutagenic ooze. Uh, they discovered it and they've been testing on it. They don't know where it came from. They don't know what it, uh, where they don't know where it came from. They don't know what it's capable of doing. So they're just running all of these tests. Uh, and it turns out the ooze is actually from dimension X. Oh, I like that. I don't hate that. Okay. So Dr. Right. Uh, Professor Perry, uh, you can still use Professor Perry in it, but one of the, assuming, I, I decided, I didn't really try to explain why Shredder's back, but just somehow Shredder has returned. One of the kids that's with the foot works with Professor Perry at TGRI and tells Shredder about like, hey, we, they've got some stuff in this lab. We don't know where it came from. We don't know what it did, but like, maybe you could use it. Uh, so the sequel is about shredder getting his hands on the tgri on, on the on the ooze taking over tgri forcing dr perry and, and these other people to work for him where they ultimately open the gate to dimension x and that leads into the discovery of general krang and the uh rock soldiers and shredder trying to build an army to take over new york so you combine the cartoon with the movie basically Yes. Yeah. Can I, I don't hate that at all. I don't Actually, hate that I at all. I think that. that would be a better fucking sequel. Yeah. Uh, one. Now, but, but 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 now here's the caveat though. Imagine that sequel in 1991. <laughs> okay, I am. <laughs> there, no. there you go. No, <laughs> imagine that sequel. Okay. Imagine that sequel with the Jim Henson creature shop. Yes, that's on what I was about to say. They weren't pissed Actually, about the first yeah. movie. Yes. There you go. Because yeah. they could have made some but rock instead, soldiers look fantastic. Long sound of Muppets. You waka waka. <laughs> Can I suggest that uh, maybe instead of it being Shredder, it could be Karai out for revenge, um, or yeah, or 
and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I know this is true, but I sometimes second guess myself. Didn't they kill Shredder off in the very first comic and it was his brother that took over the mantle from that point on? That I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure they killed Shredder yeah. in literally the first comic and then his See? brother took it over and it could be the same thing. His brother comes from Japan looking for revenge on whoever killed and maybe his brother in Japan, because that was always my biggest problem with the first Turtle movie, knowing what I know now, is they got rid of, like, the Japanese ninja stuff. They got rid of the mysticism, and they just made them teenagers stealing cigarettes. You could have the the Shredder from Japan come to America to avenge his brother, and he brings the legit Foot Clan with him. Not these fucking kids out there stealing cigarettes. These are the badass ninjas that have been trained for hundreds of years. I, I think you could add that, and it would be cool, but that's just me. But I think they kind uh, of like it's it is weird to me because like so April go like they go out of their way to be like so I'm talking to these Japanese immigrants and they are like hey this is a lot like what we already dealt with in Japan back home yeah. in Japan <clears throat> so I don't know if it was one of those things where, like was Shredder just a you know a, a martial arts master who also did he recruit a bunch of ruffians and youths in Japan or was it a highly trained ninja organization? But, like, if it was, why didn't they come to New York? Right. So, like, well, so maybe he doesn't have access to the clan anymore, so now he's just working with what he has access to. Maybe because he because he killed... Uh, were too angry to be Power Rangers. He killed Hamato Yoshi, and maybe he was disgraced, and they, they exiled him to America, potentially. You know, just an idea. I'm sorry, I'm... I'm hung up on the comics here, so I have to I have to tack this on because I wanted to know. So here's what happens in the comics. Um, basically, they they the turtles actually challenge Shredder to a fight to the death. Uh, and then, uh, borrowing from Screen Rant here, they say, "quote Accepting their terms, the Shredder arrives on the scene with his Foot Clan, only to be surprised by the appearance and skill of the turtles. Uh, after defeating the, the Foot Clan and landing the death blow on the Shredder, which I'll give you the scene of here in just a second." Uh, Leonardo hands him his sword to commit seppuku. <laughs> Refusing, Shredder pulls the pin on a grenade intending to kill them all, but he's then knocked off a building on which they're fighting along with the grenade, which explodes before he hits the ground. Um, so that's how he dies, and he does in fact die in the first issue. Here is the scene of Leonardo killing him. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I have that. Though the Foot Clan continued to appear in the comic, there is no indication of the Shredder appearing for quite some time, or reappearing, I should say. He wouldn't return to the comics until uh, one issue, Leonardo Micro Series, two years later, acting as the Foot Clan leader once more. However, it would be revealed. Hey, this is what you're going to hate. It would oh, be God. revealed in a later issue of the main series that this Shredder was just a worm-like clone oh. that shared the original Shredder's memories. With that okay. in mind, the original actually stayed dead through the series, but this one took his place. That's so, so basically weird. It's, land it's landfill. It's landfill from fucking Beer Fest again. It's mm. just, hey, you know, I know that the original one is dead, but I'm, I'm also here in this place and... I'd like it if you call me by his name. If you think that's weird, read into April O'Neil's history in the comics, where at one point it's revealed that she is a not. she's a created <laughs> character that like she's like a drawn character. She's not human. Uh, she's not real. It gets <laughs> yeah, it gets weird, man. The, the Turtles oh comics gets weird, and that's why I always preferred the movies because even though yeah. the plot is razor thin, it never made me go what. <laughs> that's, that's a noise I make when reading the comics. When you're upset, it's kind of a zuh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Asa, anything else before we get out of here? Turtle power. Hey, amen. All right. <laughs> 
so tomorrow hunter really quick preview uh we got nostalgic yeah. november continuing on with after dark Lindsay's got a fun yes. topic for us but one thing we are going to talk about because it just dropped today we're going to talk about that ghostbusters frozen empire trailer got to talk about yes. it it yes. looked so good i am so hyped incredible i am so hyped yes. we're going to talk about that tomorrow and of course i think our um, topic is going to be we're going to do the pull thing again and i think it's disney villains yep. is what Lindsay wanted to do yeah so Lindsay laid it out earlier. We are going to do the the snake draft again. We're doing nostalgic drafts this November, uh, and this is uh, importantly it is animated Disney villains. She is allowing like Pixar and all that, but it is uh, villains from the animated Disney vault. So we're going to be drafting our teams. Um, you'll hear about our teams. We want to hear about your teams. We want to hear what you think about our teams and all that good stuff. I've already got my number one pick, and I'm going to get it out before fucking Kimball takes it because I know he will. Or we'll, she will. We'll it's see either because Kimble. the the draft order is random. Remember, you <sighs> might be dead last in that first round. That means you get two picks, but all right, I need you to last in the round. I need you to cheat and make me first. <laughs> anyway. I always screenshot the thing. I hit <clears throat> it one it. time. I screenshot it and I send it to you guys. That way, I got to be held accountable. And then, what's on tap for next week's extras and epilogues? Who we got? So uh, next week, for sure. For I have no idea what we're doing for any of the other shows off the top of my head because we're we're working out Robocop. Uh, plays and all sorts of other stuff <laughs> extras extras and epilogues next week because we're continuing the nostalgic november and bringing in uh, our old friends as new guests um asa this week and jesse kimball is joining us on the week yeah. on the show next week for the, the first time boy. ever happy birthday yeah we should oh shit we should have just done that well no that's probably why he didn't pick tonight because he's busy birthday. yeah um what movies yeah, he picked again but, but well, I, I'll give you one guess. Is the only movie that Jesse always talks about from his childhood. So the problem with recording on Discord is I would have loved to disconnect it just thinking about it. But then that would ruin the show because they wouldn't be able to hear you guys anymore. <laughs> it's it's a goofy movie, isn't it? It's a goofy movie. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Look, I don't week. even I don't uh, even hate that. a goofy movie, but I think Lindsay's taking my spot and you're hosting that one simply because uh, I, I have, I have never no. seen it. Well, I have, and I have no interest in reviewing it. <laughs> that makes me a bad I'll reviewer. Be, I'll be watching it for the first time next week. So, yeah, potentially You'll like we'll, it. we'll it's fun. Up, but It's fun. And then uh, I can actually I can lay out the rest of the month because I think we finally got almost all of it figured out. So that's next week uh, on Wednesday the 22nd in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, Tanner's coming back on the show, the man himself, for the first time in a while. We're talking Raiders of the Lost Ark that week. Tanner's choice, not mine. Surprisingly, uh, right. I have yeah, I have no idea where that came from, but I'm obviously not going to turn out a chance to talk about Indiana Jones. Uh, and then for the last one of the month, which is the next, the last day of the month on Wednesday, the 29th, we, uh, I think you and I agreed and we're still figuring out guests for sure. Uh, but we got to talk Tombstone. We have to talk Tombstone over the course of this month. Oh, okay. So no RoboCop. All right, fine. You Sorry. said you wanted to talk about Tombstone. I, I know do. you've been playing Rogue City and you really want to, you know, I know we I could, know. we could throw the fans for a loop. Hear me out. We could throw the fans for a loop. We could make December like the five. It's it's Christmas on Podzilla, and we're giving everybody the gift of the best movies of all time. What if we threw everybody a loop? We invite Dalton onto the show, and we do one of his favorite movies. Could uh -huh. potentially do that. Okay. I might reach I'm, out to him. Uh, I'm here find for out. it, man. Yeah, because you, you Dalton, me. You tell me what to do. he hasn't been on the show in a while, and since we brought Asa back, uh, it's definitely nostalgic to have Dalton back on the show. We could also do that to finish November, and then and I love that we're planning the show on the show. They're loving, of course, this, they the love way. this. This um, peeling the curtain back. I, we we have we have Christmas movies that I for sure want to put in there. I know oh, you want yeah, to talk about Gremlins movie. Well, not just Gremlins. Not just Gremlins. Also, my favorite Christmas movie of all time, or at least it was until Bill Murray turned out to be a fucking. Oh, it. Scrooge. Scrooge.
Scrooge yes. was my absolute favorite. Um, I for sure want to do National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite Damn, movies. All right. uh, and I think we should do Home Alone, too. I mean, I think you got to oh, squeeze I, that in I, there I, somewhere. I, I, gotta, so. I think you got to, honestly. Um, to. We'll figure it all out. We'll stop wasting everybody's time. We'll figure it out. Uh, Asa, thank you for coming on. Uh, I love talking yes. turtles with you, and it's always good to have Absolutely. you here. Um, yeah. Now, normally, none of the other people that are on the show have a show because their show is my show. So they know that if they want to see them, they can just come to this channel. But you, um, after leaving PZ85 as a regular cast member, you and Dalton have the best uh, wrestling podcast on the planet. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find that at. Uh, yeah, Nerdiest Part of the Ring. Um, new episode we're recording. I assume we're recording tomorrow night not as consistent as we would like to be just because life has been kind of a motherfucker this year. It for is both of us. True. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, every Thursday we record episode goes up Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, podcast services everywhere. You can follow the show on Twitter at nerdiest part. Um, we're also on Instagram and threads, um, the same yeah. handle at nerdiest part. But yeah, uh, it's Dalton and I talking the news of the week. Uh, get a little bit more of a spotlight on just kind of the nerdier side of stuff too. So we talk about video games. We talk about action figures. It's mostly just like a pl the, the segment we have is wrestling with articulation where Dalton talks about whatever figures he is purchased or stuff that gets announced or stuff that he's customized um, as well. So I don't know how either of you don't go broke buying these figures. <laughs> it's called crippling credit card debt. <laughs> Irresponsible for me. Spend I don't monsters. know about Dalton working away. Damn it! Yeah, Dalton. Dalton's on that tax bracket, that teacher tax bracket. So I mean, he's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can mention that nowadays. This show's much cleaner than it used to be. We're actually we talked about it before. We're actually he's decent people. Yeah. We talked about it on our show. It's right. Fine. He doesn't keep that. All right. Quiet. Well, thank you, Asa. Thank you, Hunter. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with After Dark. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, the balcony is closed. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>